Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, lax rats alike, welcome back to the Crease Dive. Today is Friday, April 9th. I'm Jordy from Barstool. With me, as always, we've got Jake on the mic. But Jake, you were coming to us from a, a little different location this week. Uh, you are in Albuquerque. You have currently been right. Well, I, I don't want to dox you. So, you know, you might be out of Albuquerque by the time that this gets released. So and, and I will be, I will be, don't worry. Any of you people that are listening to Albuquerque, don't try to find Jake on, <laughs> on the streets. Um, but yeah, you've, you've been uh, riding your bike like an absolute maniac over the past week or so um so obviously we we took a a little break last week uh that's because jake was traveling from atlanta to albuquerque to utah to ride his bike like a million miles so um Mm -hmm. yeah unless any of you put in more work and more travel than that you weren't allowed to complain but jake uh you know how are you feeling today uh, a little beat up. I did about 200 miles in three days and 30 miles of walking so you know it's it's a lot of movement but uh ready to get back. I mean, I'm, I'm just fucking exhausted. I'll, I'll just be honest. Uh, but yeah, you know, you know, who, who else had to be, uh, uh, exhausted. Um, whoever was guarding Chris Gray and Michael Sowers, that Duke UNC game, I was able to watch the last half of it on my travels out. What a game the boys had. Like we're, Uh, we're talking, it, it's hard to gauge this year because, like, I feel like all these ACC games, um, Suns, Notre Dame, Syracuse this past Saturday, which we will get to uh, at, at pretty, pretty soon after this one. Um, but so many of these, especially the Thursday night ACC games, like, you come away feeling like, holy shit, like, that's like an instant classic lacrosse game. Um, so, you know, whether it was the, you know, the UNC Virginia game or the, uh, the Duke Syracuse game, or, or now, you know, from this past Thursday, well, not this past Thursday, but on April 1st, this, you know, this UNC Duke game. Um, I mean, just unbelievable, like an unbelievable spot that we're at in college across where all of these games you could find like if you had a couple friends who weren't really too familiar with lacrosse, not really like huge fans of the sport, and you said, "Hey, come over. We're gonna put on, you know, ACC Network or ESPNU on on Thursday night, and we're gonna watch these two teams go to battle with each other. We'll get a couple beers. We'll sit down. We'll eat some pizza. We'll do whatever." Those people, you like, you would be able to quickly convert those people into lacrosse fans because fucking insane matchups, all of them. Yeah, and you know, obviously everybody, you know, we talk about that game, and you know, everybody immediately thinks of Chris Gray and, and Michael Sowers. And I just want you, fucking laxdads out there, to know that yes, we're both aware that those aren't the the only guys who play for either team, right? You know, you you and I and I, I think I tweeted this during, I think I tweeted it during the game. I think maybe Bryce Queener, Coach Queener, had. Uh, fired a quip back at me but uh i said that you know there's it's not a it's not a stretch to say that there are a handful of guys you know on the field playing you know for duke and unc during that game who could compete at the professional level right now and i don't think that that's a stretch at all coach queener said you know traditionally pro players are better than college players but i'd love to see uh some uh, pll and mll vets uh guard brandon o'neill right now I just, or, I, or, or, or how about like Tanner Cook? Like I, 
Yeah, exactly. Tanner, Tanner, he's like one of like the, he's one of those guys where like you, you don't think about how big he is like right off the bat. And then you watch him play and just the, the way that he's able to get, I mean like that, that one hand little wrap around from X, like he's just a massive body with so much skill. And then obviously you get to play on a, on a, team with chris gray where you know so much attention is going to be paid to him where you know you have jt giles harris kind of glued to him a little bit and then all of a sudden like duke's biggest like athletic beast like doesn't have to like can't be focused on tanner cook and then big ass tanner cook just comes around and puts on a highlight reel yeah brendan o'neill puts on a highlight reel um joe roberts like i feel like joe robertson's i feel like he's been at duke forever um just, just There's another, nothing wrong with going to college for like seven years. Yeah, they're called doctors or <laughs> or lacrosse podcasters slash Ironman enthusiasts. Um, but no, like just one of those guys where, you know, I like I, I, I don't think – I think I like put out my predictions of, of who was going to score. I, oh, you know what? I, I, I picked Nakai to score in overtime there. And he was open like three different times in that overtime. So he should have gotten the goal. But in the back of my mind, I felt like I always knew it was going to be Joe Robertson because he's so pesky. Um, you know, he's just always, you know, moving around back there. And then, then you know, great move by him, getting a little bit above GLE on a shorty, taking it to the cooker. Um, unreal game. And then obviously the, the goalie play, um, you know, so. What more can you say? Yeah, you know. like when you're playing against those two offenses, and I think they combined for over 30 saves. Um, listen, like there was a little part of me that was a little upset about it because I wanted that that score sheet to be filled to the filled to the brim. Um, but yeah, some of the saves that they were making just unbelievable. So great performance out of Adler and Creek. Um, Creek right now, but I, I feel like he's he's kind of making it like. Obviously, people are going to be focused on Brendan O'Neill and Owen Hiltz as the the freshman of the year in the ACC, and I feel like Krieg is like making it so goddamn difficult for people to call that race already. No, it's, he's making it impossible, actually. I, I, and I, I again, I, I take to Twitter. I, I people were hard pressed to say who was the last freshman goalie to step in, and 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 makes it make a difference like Colin Creek. And I think somebody said it was actually Caden Johnson. Uh, but I mean, you know, the goalie play really, yeah. You, I mean, you, you're just like me. You wanted to see a 21, 20 game. And to be perfectly honest, it, it kind of felt like that. And I, I think we, I, I think we, we, we've definitely been spoiled by these Thursday night ACC games, but even more so that they've been good. They've been fairly good games, you know, kind of capping off with the, you know, with this, you know, highly touted matchup. Yeah. And then, so for this week's episode, we're, we're recording this on Wednesday night. So we're going to be missing the Thursday night matchup this week, not a total, a full blown ACC matchup. I, I feel like, you know, Albany Q though will, will still be a good one. Um, and, you know, definitely a game that, you know, so obviously the game already happened as you're listening to this right now, but thinking about it ahead of time, like a game that Syracuse is definitely going to need to use as a bounce back uh, because what happened to them in the fourth quarter specifically against Notre Dame this past Saturday was, uh, well, Pat Cavanaugh took him to the woodshed and Will York was there to, you know, bury the body. So um, yeah, Syracuse, 
I, I want you to I want you to come is, down on it right now. Are they on fraud alert? Are is Syracuse on fraud alert? I mean that that may be a you know is that a phrase that we've taken from our good friends Evan Malloy and Nick Ocello? Maybe. Uh, are we going to do it better like every podcast does? Yes. Um, I think is Cuse on fraud alert? Possibly. Is Notre Dame better than we thought because of their late ACC start? Also possibly. Um, but Cat, Pat Cav, um, and, and I, and I we, we've, we've talked with our, our very good friends uh, over at Pearl Lacrosse. Um, Pat Cav's little backhander. Uh, that it, I don't even know how to describe it. it, I, it I, 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 was, I would say like a, a backhand fadeaway dive. A where, backhand you know, diving, fadeaway. Diving away from the cage. But not really it, even looking. Yeah, over yeah, not head. really even. Yeah, not really even looking, bouncing that ball. And that is the Pearl play of the week. Uh, Pat Cavanaugh will be getting some swag from Pearl Lacrosse. Pearl, by the way, uh, Pearl Lacrosse are absolute the best balls you guys will ever play with. They, they literally don't lose the grip. Um, they're the only things I use with my club. Fantastic company. Please go check them out. Uh, all lax dads. Uh, convert your kids club team to pearls uh, you won't regret it but going forward um, Will York honestly one of the better compliment players I've seen in the past few years you know one of those guys who kind of made, who made his tra- he made his uh, um, transfer how many yeah made his made his transfer but I also I started thinking at the same time how many transfers did Notre Dame get? They became, they became like transfer you. I think they said there were like five or six of them notably, um, you know, during that broadcast. But they're coming in, they're making an effort. I guess the question is, can Notre Dame compete with Duke or UNC? Now, here's the like I think so. One, uh, Will York, the the Windy City hitman. Chicago guy, we, we need some sort of a, a nickname for that guy because he's way too tall to, to not have a nickname. Um, way too tall. Where's number 99? Uh, another guy who wears 99, Mike Sisselberger from Lehigh, who actually happens to be our interview in this week's episode. So you can check that out. A uh, few, few more minutes down the line, we will get to Sis from Lehigh. But uh, I mean, like when those two are going, I, I can't imagine why they wouldn't be able to. Um, now, I, I do think, I don't know, I, I, I just don't think that Syracuse necessarily gets the most out of their attack. I, I think that that's... Uh, now, that's a take. I, I that's think a, that that's that, a take. Okay, I, I, I want to hear it. I think you... you so, Stephen Rafis, we've mentioned this before, where, you know, he's he's not underrated because people don't think that he's good. He's just overlooked. So Steven Rafis, great lacrosse player, deserves to be in the Tawarton conversation. Owen Hiltz, fantastic freshman, great skip passes, great stick. Chase Scanlon, he can finish the ball. He can get you a lot. But I, I just, I don't know. I, I feel like there's so much that's made out of the, I, I feel like both the attack and the midfield where we just haven't seen all of them go. And I know that that's a lot to ask for, but I feel like when, when you're a team like Syracuse that 
like you have all those weapons at your disposal. Like I, I feel like we'll either see a, a big game out of Rafus and Scanlon, and then you know maybe Owen Hilt's not as much, or you know we'll see Rafus and Hilt's go off. Maybe Scanlon goes a little more quiet. Same thing with the uh, with the midfield. Like it, it just seems like they're always one guy away from really turning it on. Um, so okay. I, I, so so what I basically what I'm saying though is I think when Notre Dame plays against a team like a Duke where they're going to get all of those guys going off, like they're going to get Joe Robertson getting his, they're going to get Sowers getting his, they're going to get Brendan O'Neill getting his, um, you know, may, maybe at that point, like Notre Dame just won't be able to hold off a team like Duke, like they were with Syracuse. Okay. Follow-up question. Now this is a take. Okay. This is a take. I want you to, are you, are you prepared? It's, I mean, it's, what is it? It's 9.30 your time. Are you prepared for this? Was Chase Scanlon overhyped going to Syracuse? Like, okay. So, <laughs> so, 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 so my, my answer, my aunt, here's the thing. Okay. Because listen, they're just kids, you know, and, and I, I, I don't want to like, they're just kids. And I think that Chase Scanlon is a very good player. But I, I would say maybe a little bit. I don't know. I, I just haven't seen as much out of him so far at Syracuse where I'm like, yeah, like that is – that's the guy at Syracuse. And and maybe it's just bias against, you know, the guy wearing 22. Like you think the guy wearing 22 should be the guy. And maybe at this point Syracuse should just retire the number. Um. Because I th- like that's the thing. I, I don't think that Chase Scan like he's not the straw that stirs the drink for this Syracuse offense. Um, you know, and when you're wearing that number, like you kind of expect that guy to be that. Um, but I think you know, Rafus and Hiltz are, are kind of more of those guys right now. So you know, again, I I don't want to. I, I feel a little bit bad, but I my answer to that would be yes. I also feel like I I also feel like we just blew any chance that we ever had of getting Chase Scanlon on the podcast, but yes. I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I think that, I think it's Pat Spencer's fault. I think that, I think that the, the, I don't, I I don't think that Chase Scanlon was necessarily overhyped. I think that people had too high of expectations for players who were surrounded by Pat Spencer. I think I think it's the same thing that happened at Penn State. I don't think that Chase Scanlon was overhyped. I don't think that he's a bad player. I don't I don't but I but again, you put Pat Spencer on that Loyola team, that's a different Loyola team, right? You put Grant Amen with that Penn State team, that's a different Penn State team. I think what happened was we saw how much Pat Spencer was able to distribute and change that offense and then everyone created this expectation for what Chase Scanlon was going to go do, right? You know, one of the high, very highly touted recruit, great player, right? But Syracuse really didn't have an, an analog to Pat Spencer to distribute the ball like that. So I think I gave you a trick question. You, you did, I, but I, like, I did. but, but I, I think that my answer to this question would be more of what I was kind of saying, though, like with Syracuse as a whole, what it seems like so far, where, again, I, fuck, I don't know how Syracuse does this, where they just get people like so riled up on, uh, yeah. like, like, like Syracuse, 
moves the needle so hard from both sides of the spectrum, depending on whether they win or lose. Um, because again, like Chase Gamlin, like four goals against Duke. Like I like that's like the performance that you're looking for out of him. Um, you know, but then against Notre, like, you know, he had his two and, and, you know, I think one of them was because of a, yeah, I, I think that that was another Hiltz assist where Hiltz uh, skipped down from top center. And then he was kind of able to just like one time it in. Um, but you know, like, also a bunch of turnovers in that game. So it's kind of like, you know, the entire Syracuse offense, at least what it seems like where they're, they've got so many great players, but like one or two of them just kind of go either silent or turn the ball over four times against Notre Dame in a game where you're trying to really hold possession against them because they're scoring at will. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. And I, I oh, you know what, though? It, it also boils down. They're, I think the team defense is also pretty pretty tough for Syracuse. So I, I wouldn't even really put that one on the offense. I think team defense, like I, th- I think, uh, you know, there were a few times where guys were sliding a little too early to Pat Cavanaugh, and I get it. Like he was kind of just dicing, um, you know, everybody up there. But, you know, sometimes, you know, maybe going a little too early, then leaving Will York open in the crease. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think that Syracuse just – there, there are a few key spots that are a little inconsistent right now. Um, and that's, that's why I think that, you know, a team like Duke would still probably beat Notre Dame, but who knows? Like, uh, obviously this, this season um, in the ACC, anyone can beat anyone. It's cliche, but it's true. Yeah. Well, I think, I think we're just going to be just inundated with more cliches and more cliches this as the season goes on and lacrosse becomes how lacrosse becomes because I, that's, I, I mean, i'll tell you it, what i can't tell you how easy it was to fall into the sky is falling for syracuse mode oh, i didn't i, mean, I didn't even mean to do like that, that you know and i and i didn't even mean to do that but i just i i just went full-blown the world's falling apart for syracuse and you know obviously they got shelled by notre dame but i <laughs> it's it's crazy how syracuse as a program gets you to do that um, now I'll tell you, maybe a team that the sky is falling for. Jake, you might want to sit this one out. Uh-oh. <sighs> You're a Johns Hopkins Blue Jays. I'm, I'm not listening anymore. <laughs> so Jake's gone. Uh, so the Michigan Wolverines, I, I just got to give a shout out to the Michigan Wolverines. They go down to Homewood and they pick up their first win against Hopkins in program history. So a nice little 13 to 10 win over Hopkins. There were a couple points Whoop in the fucking do. <laughs> there were a couple points towards the end of this game where it looked like Hopkins was going to, you know, they were going to create, they got within two, they got within one. You thought to yourself, Oh man, Michigan, like it's such a shame you had this game, but somehow you're going to, you know, you're going to let Hopkins back in, but they were able to, uh, you know, close it out in the end. Um, Avery Myers, just a, just a classic lacrosse name. Um, kid classic lacrosse hair as well. He he had a big game in that one. I, I only caught the tail end of that. Um, but, yeah, Michigan over Hopkins. Listen, you, you get your first first win against a team in program history, especially on a field as uh, historic as Homewood. That that deserves a shout out, and especially because I feel like we've been shitting on Michigan for the entirety of this podcast existence. Yeah, I mean, okay. So the you know the thing about Hopkins. I don't know what the thing is about Hopkins, honestly. I mean, do you do you attribute the win to 
do you attribute the win to Michigan, you know, or do you attribute the to the the win to Hopkins being bad? I don't I really don't know like where you like side up with that. Um again, like I've always I've been kind of saying, like, I, you know, with, with Cole Williams' size, I feel like he should be putting up Tanner Cook numbers, right? Or he should be putting up Brennan O'Neill's, not Brennan O'Neill's number. No, maybe not Brennan O'Neill's numbers because he's, like, one of a kind. But, like, Cole Williams should kind of be on, like, the Tanner Cook side, Tanner Cook level. Um, I don't think Connor Simone is your guy to carry the team. Um, I, I think he's a fantastic player. But, again, like, you know, he, he can only do so much. Joey Epstein quietly just putting away three points. Um Here's the thing about Cole Williams, and and this is this is uh, maybe a little prejudice of me, but I think Cole Williams being a Baltimore like I don't think that he knows that he has the size that he has because he's a Baltimore kid and he wants to be a little bit more finesse than he needs to. Like you think about Brendan O'Neill, Long Island guy, Long Island meatball, big Great. heavy hitter, uh, t- Tanner Cook, Canadian. So true. So I, I, I think really what Cole Williams' issue is at this point is that his parents fell in love and had a kid in Baltimore and that they didn't move to somewhere a little bit more grittier because he, he plays a lot smaller than, than he could. I mean, credit, you know, I, I do give credit to Michigan. I got to, you know, that, I mean, somebody was trying, some idiot on, the, on, on Twitter was trying to say how, you know, uh, the program is on the up and up and stuff like that. And I think if anything, they've underperformed. I think they've won like 20% of their games in the past eight years or something like that. Um, you know, but, uh, you know, especially with like their, their facilities that get talked about literally on every single process, every single uh, broadcast, you'd think that they um, would be absolutely crushing. But I mean, the only thing crushing about that was seeing my Blue Jays lose. So, um, I mean, Big Ten play is Big Ten play. There's really only two big players in the Big Ten right now, and that's Rutgers in Maryland. And Maryland just absolutely crushed Penn State. Oh my so God, Penn! Like the Penn, the Penn, the Penn State uh, fall from grace continues to happen. Is Mac? I mean, how many did Mac have? Is he getting closer to the record? I know. He, I know he's. Uh, so so he he had, oh, he had a hat game. Yeah. So okay. you know, he's chipping I'm, away. I'm starting to wonder. I mean, because again, we we've said it before. Like, Grant Ament, unbelievable player, one of the better college lacrosse players in the history of college lacrosse. But like, I can't imagine that taking just that one would make that much difference. Like, I understand it is a huge piece. To me, it's the greatest player in Penn State lacrosse history. You take him away from the team. Obviously, the team is going to suffer, but there are still so many guys that were there. Like, like you gotta wonder what's going on there. Like, you gotta wonder Tambroni. Hot seat, maybe. <laughs> I, Wait, I are we putting Tambroni on the hot seat? Well, I mean, okay, okay. Listen, I, at, I at the very can... least, at the very least, Tambroni, he's in the car and he's, he's got the seat warmer and it's got, uh, it, it, it's got three levels of, of warming and he's at yeah. least on two. Well, I, I mean, I could, I could see how, I could see where you're going that, going with that, especially considering how Penn State was loaded like that and they didn't make it very far in the tournament. 
I can I can certainly see that, you know, uh, in the past years. Well, besides the final yeah, four appearance, but yeah. Yeah, no, they had the final four appearance, but the year before. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. An absolute wagon, and they got trounced. And what was the, uh, did they get crushed by Loyola, or was it Yale? Uh, they usually always lose to Yale in the tournament. Yeah, I believe it was Yale. They just got absolutely, absolutely crushed. So, I mean, yeah, they had the final four appearance, but if that's the, you know, to go from the final four appearance and then tournament appearance the year before to having one win on the season, if I'm not with two wins on the season right now, that's well, not good. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'll tell you what, I think the one, if this were a year where maybe, maybe coronavirus wasn't still prevalent, um, I, I would put Tambroni that, that seat warmer that he's on, I would put it on the third on, on the highest setting. I, I think that maybe you can kind of use COVID as a little bit of an excuse being like, yeah, well, you know, we can't really have the team all together for lifts or for film and stuff like that. So, you know, a little bit of a built-in excuse there. So we'll see. But um, yeah, I mean, the big tent, like there's just, I don't know if there's another conference that has such a massive gap between the top and the bottom as the big 10 right now. Like it is such a massive swing. Um you know, and, and, and that's, that's not saying like, I like obviously like, yeah, like Penn state could go out there and they could like beat up on like LIU, like no problem. But as far as the, the difference from top to bottom, big 10 is just uh, a, a wild scene so far this year. I mean, uh, I want more out of the big 10. I think these. I think these I, schools. I need more out of the Big Ten. I need more out of the Big Ten because I. I feel like these schools are such big names. Michigan were club team. They they ran the MCLA, right? And then they made their jump to D one, and they have they have the facilities. Like who wouldn't want to fucking go to Michigan, right? They should be scooping up recruits from all over the place, right? Rutgers is on the rise, right? You know, I mean, Maryland, obviously. Rucker, Rutgers has, an, has a new facility, too. That's, that's, that's pretty insane. Ohio, Ohio State's crazy, right? Like, Ohio State would be a, a great school to go to. I personally dislike everyone who's ever lived in Ohio, but Ohio State seems like a cool school. I think I could go there, right? You know, if I hated myself that much. But, you know, I mean, Hopkins, you know, they should have everybody, every Baltimore kid should go to Hopkins. You know, they should. They should well, I think that that's their problem. <laughs> says, hey, yeah, you're, you know what? You know what? That's right. They should they should open a Johns Hopkins, uh, Long Island uh, satellite <laughs> campus and recruit all the Long Island kids to come down to Baltimore. Yeah, that's right. You know, there's too many Baltimore yeah. kids. Jo- jo- Johnny us, Johnny Hops University. That's one of uh, Acela's bits, right? Is that he hates the MIA and all the MIA kids. Yeah, I, I agree. I think all of those those Maryland Baltimore kids should just you know go work for your dad's law firm. Yeah, you're you're wasting space on rosters right now. Makes me sick. Um, but yeah, no, I I totally agree with you though. Like, need a whole lot more out of the Big Ten because that that's a conference that should always get heavy heavy recruits. And like, yeah, obviously the ACC historically speaking, and still to this day, best conference in lacrosse um also incredible schools to get a degree from um but the big 10 it, it again like they get good player but i it just it hasn't really worked at, like you know ohio state had that 
you know, that, that, uh, that, that final four, that championship game appearance, Maryland's obviously had a, a ton of success lately. Penn state had that trip. Um, but yeah, like it's, it's just, it's too few and far between for the big 10 for where they should be right now. Um, and I'll tell you what, man, if, if there's a, if, if there's one team right now that can call themselves Pennsylvania's team, it is the Lehigh Mountain Hawks. Uh, so as we mentioned, we have Lehigh face-off specialist Mike Sisselberger coming on the podcast. We'll get to him in just a few minutes here, but he uh, he's currently leading the nation in face-off percentage. Uh, pretty sure he's also leading in ground balls. He put on a masterclass against Army this past weekend where Lehigh was able to come away with a gritty 13 to 12 win. Uh, pretty sure it was uh Cole Kirst who got the game winner there. So Lehigh, I mean, they're on a nice, nice little start to this season, five and zero, um, looking like the best team in the Patriot league right now. Um, you know, Patriot kind of, I, I, I think, you know, armies up there, obviously Lehigh's up there. Um, still, trying to figure out exactly what Loyola is. Um, you know, it's, they don't have too many bad losses on the season, but uh, as, as far as the Patriot goes, it looks like it is clearly Lehigh's conference to lose at this point. I mean, they also, you know, Lehigh is one of the schools and you, you guys will hear me. I think I've toted about Lehigh multiple times. Their Jersey scheme, you know, their swag has been, you know, I think if you, I think, I think if you Google like all white jersey, like all white lacrosse jerseys or like all white lacrosse jersey setup, there's this picture of Lehigh a few years ago and it's like a snowy day and they're wearing literally all whites, white buckets, white everything, and they're carrying the American flag and they're walking. It's it's an absolute insane, insane pick. But Lehigh's got a great set. I need one of their gold helmets. So, you know, if if any of uh Sisselberger, if any of you guys uh, you know, want to hook your brother, hook your brother up right now. Um, just hit my DMs on Instagram or something. It'll work something out. Um, with one of those gold buckets because I need it. I guess today. Um, but yeah, man, Lehigh, Lehigh's that surprising the Patriot League. They're definitely. Um, and obviously, you guys will, will, will hear about our hear about it in our interview with Sisselberger coming up. Um, but Lehigh definitely a team that's kind of approaching the cusp of of being able to you know kind of compete with some of these top teams. Um, they're not, so there's certainly not a team you see, you know, in the conversation with Duke, UNC, uh, Syracuse, Virginia, but you know, what we want out of lacrosse is to have new teams um, rise and compete. And, you know, what better way than, you know, teams showing us, I, th- I think it was a, you know, we've toyed with Jordy's out on it, but we've toyed with high point being up there. Well, so I, I was just about to say, though, because – so, again, like, what I've said about High Point in the past, it's, it's well-documented at this point. Um, it is. But, so, ba- basically, though, what Lehigh kind of shows is just how long it takes to be at the point now where Lehigh is at. Like, because Lehigh, for the longest time, like, I, I'd say – I don't know exactly when – Kevin Cassis took over at Lehigh. It's it's probably been fifteen years at, at least at this point. I, I would say, um, and like ever since he's been there, Lehigh's been that team 
will been one of those teams where, you know, you could say like, Hey, like they can go out there and they can give these uh, you know, these top end teams a fit. Like this, this is a team that could go out there and put one of these elite programs on upset alert. Um, you know, just one of those tough teams that ends up on your schedule that you're not thinking like automatically, like, Holy shit, like this team is absolutely loaded, but it's going to give you some fits. And that's, basically where high point is at right now but the thing is that it, it took kevin cassis um I'm, I'm, I'm looking at it right now uh he showed up to oh my god i'm not i'm not reading kevin cassis's entire biography right now um but yeah I, I would say like 15 years that it's taken um lehigh to of being that consistently tough team to play against but still looking to turn that corner to a, an absolute top 10 powerhouse team. And now they're there. So basically this is all a long winded way of saying that high point can get there. High point will get there, but it's, I, I, I just think that it's a little early for high point. They, they, they got to be that pain in the ass team for consistently a few more years before they're ready to take that step. Does that make sense? No, I totally get it. It's like a, it's like a constant, you know, everybody, like if you put them all on like a, like a line graph or whatever, some of them are just further along, you know, the Dukes, the UNCs and things like that are just further along than High Point Lehigh. Lehigh just has more of a head start than say, you know, High Point does. So no, I know exactly what you're saying. And I look forward, you know, to that. But it also means that as Lehigh and High Point get better, Duke and UNC will get better and they will attract more top talent and things like that. So it'll be interesting how, you know. Well, you would think like a team, you would think like a a school like Michigan would be able to kind of stop that from happening by Uh bringing in all these massive recruits being like, Hey, this is an absolute, I mean, I mean, sick school to go to like, come (laughs) play here, have a great four years of your life, please. I mean, Michigan got, you know, a very highly touted transfer in Tyler Papa, who, you know, spent, it was an absolute stud at limestone. So like, you know, I mean, they, they were able to get, you know, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know how many more transfers they got, but I, I know Tyler Papa was, was a, was a very, a very big name for them to get. So, but again, parody is the name of the game, right? It's all about parody. So we'll see. We're, yeah, I mean, we're we're getting there, but again, Lehigh's kind of proven that it, it takes it takes a long ass time to get there, but uh, they certainly seem to be there right now because they're five and zero on the season. Uh, they've got one of the better goalies in the nation, and they currently have the best faceoff specialist in the nation. So I feel like it only makes sense to kick it on over to our interview with. Mike Sisselberger. And as you'll hear in this interview, he does a ton of training with our good friend of the program, Jerry Raganese. Uh, and besides sculpting the hands of some of the finest face-off specialists in the nation, Jerry is also in charge of sculpting some of the greatest athletic apparel with pro athletics gear. Um, just shorts, shirts, you name it. Uh, they do... I, I believe that the term is sublimated uniforms. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. they, they do a whole bunch of great designs there. Some of the most comfortable gear that you'll wear, whether you're just lounging around at home, taking some face-offs. Uh, if, if, if you're riding 200 miles on your bike through Utah, 
like Jake was right. o- over this past weekend. That how how much did the pro athletics help you? I I, I know you're a big Carhartt and pro athletics guy, so you know you're out there grinding in the Carhartt. Probably got pro athletics on the bottom. Like how much did that aid you while you were logging all those miles on your bike? There was literally nothing about it. You know, I I had the uh, I I I actually need to go use our our, our code and go get me a, a long sleeve. That's like the only pro athletics gear that I don't have. But I was able to throw on, you know, for a quick weight workout. I was able to throw on my pro athletics shirt, and I tell you, Jordy, I never feel as strong as I do when I'm wearing pro athletics. I don't know what it is. I don't know what Jerry's secret sauce is. It's like, you know, he takes some, you know, like in Space Jam with, you know, Michael Michael's secret stuff, Jerry's secret stuff. I don't know how he does it, but promo code crease dive, all lowercase, 10% off. You're going to like the way you look. I guarantee it. That's definitely not copyrighted. <laughs> <laughs> Let's kick it on over to sis. All right. And joining us now, we've got one of the biggest beauties you'll ever see lining up at the face-off stripe. He is currently leading the nation in face-off percentage. We've got the Misselberger from Lehigh University, Mike Sisselberger. Sis, thanks for hopping on with us and uh, been, been having a pretty good year. So great to have you here. Thank you guys so much for having me. I mean, thank you. I, I don't even know what to say. I just love this. Big fan. Well, we love to hear that. Uh, tell you what, man, th- this is a this is a big big week for the brand of Sisselberg because I was logging on to a little website called InsideLacrosse.com today. Terry Foy puts out his uh, his top ten players to watch list for the Tawaraton, and right there, number ninety nine from Lehigh. So, um, listen, man. I, I mean, I, a lot of focus has been put on the face-off position lately, um, and and you're a guy who uh, who seems to be ha- adapting pretty well. So, you know, how are you feeling right now with the season? I mean, I'm feeling great. And again, shout out Terry Foy. It's a really big honor. I mean, Torton's basically the Heisman of lacrosse, and there's nothing really more that you can ask for. Um, been putting in the work since. I don't even remember when, but I'm just really glad to see it pay off. And I'm glad that my team's getting some recognition too, because you look in the past and like Lehigh is not really a school that when you're talking lacrosse, you're like, Oh, who's top 10. M- many people aren't saying Lehigh in their top 10. You got the Duke, you got U- UVA, UNC. And it's tough because you just want to see your boys succeed. And I think we're finally at the stage where we feel comfortable enough to say we're a top 10 caliber team, you know? You know, while while Lehigh has not been what you would say, you know, like a, Lehigh doesn't come up in the conversation as like, you know, your perennial powerhouse. Like you said, you know, your Duke and UNC. Lehigh has always, in my opinion, had the freshest jersey scheme and the freshest gear of all time. I think Lehigh is like a top three school when it comes to the fresh gear. Just, you know, the pearly whites, you know, the light brown, you know, you, you're rocking the gold buckies this year. It's just – it's fantastic. I, I really love that. That's something that you can't coach. Um, uh, am I, am I, am I reading this right? Um, you know, our, one of our good friends, Jerry Ragonese, are you one of his students? Yes. I go to Jerry frequently. What is, what is Jerry, what, you know, Jerry's, he's just such an incredible mind. What does he, what, is, what has he taught you? You know, uh, I, I, we don't need to know on the field. What does he, what has Jerry taught you off the field that you take with you? 
off the field. So I actually was just telling Jerry about this, how he's kind of like an older brother to me. And I, I never had an older brother. I have one younger sister. That's basically all the siblings I have. And not only do we talk about face-offs, but we talk about life lessons. So, you know, like you get the girlfriend drama in there. Mm-hmm. You, get, uh, you know what? You see Jerry on Instagram, how much of a chef he is. Like he could go pro and being a chef. We talk about food. Like food is actually a huge fuel for an athlete. You don't think about that, but Jerry really explained it. So just literally everything you can talk about with a guy that you're comfortable with besides lacrosse that we talk about, anything. I love that. Jerry's, Jerry's the man. He's the man, 100%. So is Greg. Shout out Greg Beast. Um, That's right. So the man. You could talk about anything to him. But Jerry's just been closer to me. Greg's in New York. Uh, Jerry's in New Jersey. So I see Jerry more, but honestly, both the same level of awesome for those two. Yeah, make sure uh, promo code crease dive on uh, all your pro athletics gear for 10% off. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, again, like people who, you know, I, I feel like people who are listening to this podcast right now are, are probably like big lacrosse, like you're not going to find like many like casual fans who come across this podcast. And if, if you're a huge lacrosse fan, like you're probably aware of the work that Greg and Jerry do with Faceoff Academy, um, you know, and then there are also other guys who, who do it as well. Um, I, I feel like, the specialization. Whoa, that's a that's a tough one to get out here. I'm gonna try that one more time. I might have to slow it down a little bit. You got it. To, you got gonna, it. Gonna have to stutter step into it. The specialization of the face off position. Um, you know, I I think. Listen, we're guilty of it too. Like every, it's it's fun to joke about. Oh yeah, face off guys. Like they're just you know go out there, win a clamp. Like don't even show up to practice. Like we don't want to look at you. But like the work that you guys do and like the intricacies that go into it. Um, it's, it's insane. And like the way that those guys have kind of boiled it all down to like a science, um, you know, so for someone like you, uh, who has, you know, obviously been able to learn from some of the best guys that there are, and, and you've put in the work to become, you know, you're at that, that top level talent in D1 lacrosse right now. Um, you know, is, is all of that something that, um, you, you know, do, do you feel like having all those, like this, the specialization like really gives you the advantage while you're out there? Or do you think that there's like a lot of it that's just like natural, like a will, like a, a wanting to like compete to win a face off. So, you know, what, what percentage would you put towards like, you have like the art of it down as opposed to like, you're just going to battle for a face off. Yeah. So I think they both like tie in with each other, like obviously both great things. So if you want to get better, you have to have that drive that you were saying, like you want to fit, you want to want to face off. You want to want to win. That ties in with being just an athlete. Like you look at a Michael Jordan, he wants to win, you know, all great athletes want to win. So if you want to do something, you're going to put the time in, but I guess back to your like statement, you know, specialization is huge because once you get into college, like everybody's quick. That's why you're in college. You're playing a D1 sport because you are talented and you need a good coach. You need a good, like Jerry, Greg, coach Scudder from Lehigh. You need someone who can help you get better on what you're good at. So you can be the best, I guess to say, but I guess specialization I just want to say real quick, you're killing that. Like you're crushing that word. It's coming out a whole lot easier for you uh, than it was for me that first time. That's, I'm telling you, it's the theater class I'm taking. We really like to emphasize the kidding. But yeah, I mean, honestly, it's what you put into it. And uh, whatever you put in is what you're going to get out at the end of the day. It's how hard you work. And if you're working harder than the guy next to you, then 
That's all you can ask for. Um, I guess, what am I missing there answering that question? Uh, I mean, you, you, you pretty much answered it all. I, I told you to put a percentage on it, but like that was just kind of like a throwaway thing that I do. Like I don't, I don't need you to actually boil down the number unless you want to. I'd say 50-50. I mean, you have to have a good balance. 50-50 between wanting it. It's 50-50 between technique. And technique comes with wanting it. But like I said, good coaches like Jerry and Greg and Coach Cutter from Lehigh, like they're going to help you get that technique. How much is, uh, how much is facing off change for you in the past few years? So I was actually, well, obviously with the rule change, stand up now and it's traditional grip. So you're underhand. I always stood up going into high school. So up until ninth grade, I was a stand-up guy. I, I wasn't a traditional grip guy, so underhand. I was always overhand, which was definitely a change for me. But I mean, the biggest thing that I do that I think really helped is I wrestle in my free time. So I get with this guy, his name's Jonah Niesenbaum. He's a Duke heavyweight, he's a starter. He comes home in the winter. I also wrestle around with this other guy, his name's Matt Murth. So we all get together in the winter. We wrestle basically the same stance we're doing right now for face-offs. You get low, you're low, you're about ground height, and you're just going at it. You're focusing on reaction time. You're focusing on speed. So it really hasn't been a change for me in that sense because my body's been used to it. But I like to think I have a slight advantage because of the wrestling background I have, being low, having that speed, having that reaction time. But at the same time, it was a major difference when going underhand because now, like, it causes a lot more wrist issues. Now I like, if you look here, I shaved the hair off this portion of my wrist just so I could tape it every day. Pretty. It's just an awkward motion. I guess you have to get used to, but definitely huge change. But I think a lot of people are adapting well to it. Yeah. There's a lot of people. Uh, I think some of the best, best phase off guys I've heard of, you know, they, they were all wrestlers just because they're, I mean, you know, a lot of them aren't very, you know, uh, how do we say we don't short shame on this, on this podcast, but no. uh, vertically vertic I was going to say mentally stable. Yeah. Well, that too. You know, there's always, there's always that, but you know, the wrestling definitely has to help. Uh, like what? Uh, Brennan Fowler. Wasn't he like a, like a, uh, uh, all state wrestler too? wrestled at Duke. I don't know. Really? They're good. all fucking, they're all fucking psycho to me, but <laughs> I want to go backwards. Uh, talking about food. Um, I'm a big player profile guy. I check, you know, I, I love checking out people's player profiles are hilarious to me. Lehigh's is actually, uh, they ask you a ton of good questions. Yeah. So I know, I know you, you brought up Michael Jordan because your favorite movie Space Jam. Um, your favorite, uh, you said your favorite food on there is short ribs. Do you eat short ribs like during the week? Is that like a game day tradition? Is that, you know, what's, what's your, what's your diet looking like for the, for, for, you know, uh, spring season? That's actually really funny you asked that. So I wish I had the funding to eat short ribs during the week, but that's just a specialty for me. Um, so my mom was born in Beirut, Lebanon. She came here when she was 16. She's a great cook. She cooks all Middle mm. Eastern food. So I eat a lot of that. Um, really good at curry. I know curry is maybe not known for Middle Eastern, but she's really good at cooking that. Um, eggs. I eat, I'd say I eat eight eggs a day because one, I just have a shit ton of eggs that you get eaten. And two, it's just something that fills me up and they're good for you, honestly. Yeah. Um, how, are, I hear how, that. how are you doing them? How am I doing? I, I honestly just scramble them. And then, so my mom taught me growing up, I take pita bread, grab it with my three fingers and I pick the egg up like that and I eat it. So I don't use fork. I don't use a knife. I just eat it with straight bread. Does, your mom, does your mom cook Correct. it all for, uh, for like po post-game tailgates? 
no we get we get catered uh we get taken care uh, of wow so so that that's that's me coming from a d3 background where the parents have to cook everything I, the, the d1 guys get it catered you're always welcome though at our tailgates both both you guys seriously come anytime um, we'll be there coach cassis we'll uh Co- coach cassis get us on the sidelines we'll call a couple timeouts while uh <laughs> while, 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 while sis is on a fast break oh geez yeah i mean that's definitely happened to me so it's nothing new but. um did you did you see the trailer for the new Space Jam? Like, are, are you going to have beef with that? I thought it looked pretty good. I didn't even watch it because I was just so heartbroken that they can take something so great and twist it and just – I didn't even watch it. I didn't. It could be great, and I probably won't like it. But, you know, they, they, have to, they have to – you know, it's, it's always a like a money-making opportunity, right? Oh. So, you know, they have to cash in, yeah. right? It's like they should have stopped with the Star Wars back when – I forget who directed it. Um, George Lucas, Ryan, Ryan Johnson, George Lucas, just oh. stop there. Then Disney bought it. Now it's huge, but I like some of those movies. But yeah, there's a lot of movies that people turn into just profit, and I'm I don't like it. What's what's your like? Uh, so you you guys have a have a road trip. You're you're driving to an away game, um, and you know some someone's got to bring the movies onto the bus. What would be what would be your big time bus ride movie with the boys? Uh, maybe one pregame and then one like post. Uh, I, I know you're, it, it would have to be a long trip that you're still on the bus and like everyone's not hooting and hollering after a win. So you got to put on a, a good feel good movie after that. But um, so let's say you're, you're in charge of bringing the movies. What do you got? So biggest pregame movie, I'd say if I'm bringing it, I'd go miracle on ice for the beginning. You know what? Miracle. We're watching it on the way there. If you're not sleeping, you're locked into miracle game coming home. Are we winning? Did we win or lose? Depending. That's you, the, you, you, I was about to say, yeah, it's gotta yeah. be three movies because there's, uh, a, there's a losing movie and there's a winning movie. I mean, yeah, but I feel like the losing movie is coach just like tells everyone to like, shut up, sit down and like, don't talk until we get back to school. Yeah. yeah basically that's the movie. It's silent. It's a, it's a silent film. <laughs> um, I don't know. Let me, I gotta think about that really. So a winning movie, what I would put on, like something feel good, um, something funny. I'm a funny guy. I like I, I like to be funny. I'd probably put on like Happy Gilmore. Like that's great. It's a kind of sport, and it's just like hilarious. I love Adam Sandler. Um, if we lose, uh, probably no movie or um, TV static. Yeah, probably <laughs> static. Yeah. Honestly, on the way home from cold. They put on Jersey Shore, and I just was like, "That's punishment." Yeah, I was like, "Dude, I don't really want to watch Jersey Shore right now." <laughs> but yeah, that was on. So that's something I would not pick. But that's just me. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. There, you know what? There, there's nothing worse than um, when someone puts on a, a movie that you get real into, and then you pull up to school, and you're like, "Shit!" Well, I kind of wanted to, like the first time I ever watched. Um, uh, man, it's it's a uh, it's the movie about magic. It's got Christian Bale in it. Um, the, uh, the Prestige. The Prestige. First time I ever watched The Prestige was on a bus ride home, and we we got back before it finished, and it was just brutal. So um, yeah, if if you're someone out there listening right now, and you're typically in charge of bringing the movies onto the bus rides, um, one, make sure that you have Miracle for Sis, and two, make sure that you uh, pick movies that are. Uh, time appropriate like you know do do the map quest before you go to to wherever you're going and make sure that you pick a movie that fits in that time frame um now 
so so we went back a little bit, but I, I Jake asked about something a little bit earlier that I wanted to piggyback on, but I wasn't going to be rude and interrupt. Um, so you know, talk, talking about you. you know how the face-off has changed for you and how it's changed in general in the sport. Um, obviously, face-off it's it's a it's a hot button issue in lacrosse. You know, people it, it gets the people fired up, and there are a lot of people that have a lot of opinions on it. A lot of those people probably don't take face-offs. So I understand why it would be a, a little frustrating for all you face-off specialists out there. Um, but I want to know, like, I also feel at the same time that we're paying attention to the face-off position more than ever now. Like, like you know, yeah, like when Baptiste was around, like people were like really paying attention to face-offs before that not really so much so like um you know how do you feel like do you do you kind of like the amount of attention that is being drawn on to your position now um are, are you kind of just like fed up with people trying to tell you what you can and can't do um so where are you on that because i i feel like there's there's it has to be frustrating but there's a lot of attention being paid like i know more face-off guys now than i ever did before yeah, it's crazy. That's a that's a great question. And I've always talked about this with either a coach or a friend. So what I say to the people that are always trying to change the rules and even take away the face off is I, I use a reference that I like to use is everyone has an equal opportunity to be great. So whether you're an attackman, you can hit the wall for two hours a day, be great both hands and be a sick attackman. They're not going to take attack out of the game just because have, you have one really good attackman, right? I think that's the same with face-offs. It's like everyone has an equal opportunity. There are some God-given talents, right? Everybody has it, whether it's goalie, midfield, defense, attack. But there's God-given abilities, right, that you can ride on. But everyone has an equal opportunity to be just as good as the person next to them. And, you know, I get why coaches and – players get angry at the position of oh this guy's so dominant we got to change the rules or let's take the face off out but it's like like I said like work harder work harder maybe I don't know you know that sounds kind of rude but it's, it's the reality it you don't see attackmen complaining about Michael Sowers just having a great year Michael Sowers worked really hard for what he has and a lot of good face-off guys did the same so I'm getting tired of hearing oh face off this face off that um I don't know. Can can you reinstate the question though? Because I kind of went off on a tangent there. No, I think I think you crushed it. Yeah. I think you crushed it. The the whole point about people trying to change the face off is they're always trying to level the playing field. Right. What you're saying and what everybody else is and what everybody else we all know it is that no matter how many times you change the face off, people are just going to work harder and be good at whatever the rules are. Yeah. All right, you could make it the girls face off and guys would practice every single day and they'd absolutely smoke people still. Yeah. So it, it's, it's to me, I'm like, I'm also like of the opinion kind of, I'm kind of fed up with people trying to change it because like of that reason. So people are always going to figure it out. You know, people are going to figure it out anyway. You know, I think Jordy, is that what you were trying to say too? Well, yeah, but also what I was saying is I, I just think that it's like shed so much light on the position where like now it's, you know, like people that are, you know, again, they're, they're going to be a little bit more than your casual lacrosse fan, but I feel like anybody who's watching college lacrosse on a, just like a somewhat consistent basis, like they know Mike Sisselberger, they know Naso in Duke, um, you know, they know, uh, you know, wh whoever with the, 
obviously this is kind of blowing my point right now, but the kid from uh, UNC and, you know, they know TD. Um, so like, I, I just feel Tucci. like Tucci. Tucci that's, yeah, that, 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 that's right. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I just feel like because of all the talk that's placed like on people being so butthurt over the face-off, like now people are paying even more attention to these face-off guys, which, you know, so I, I, again, like I totally understand why you'd be like, well, dude, like shut up about our position. Like we're going to figure it out anyway. Um, but at the same time, like, I feel like it's also like almost like, like no publicity is bad publicity. Right. Exactly. I completely agree with that. Like all publicity is good publicity to me. Like I see a lot of comments. I don't even have a Twitter, but my girlfriend sends me all these tweets and then I look at the comments and it's like, Oh yeah, but he could have done this or he could have done that. Like there was this one, I was getting triple teamed. It was against army. I don't know if you guys watched any of those face-up highlights, but like I, I was getting tripled. I was going through a double and then I spun to get out of the triple just to give it to someone else. And there was like a nasty comment from this one lax dad. And he's like, should have gave it's it up. Always the dad. Yeah. And I was always like, a dad. <laughs> father of three. Dude, father I don't, of three. Like, I wish this guy was in my shoes at that very moment. He was like, should have gave it up earlier. Really cost the team a possession there. I was like, you know what, man? You're right. Didn't think about yeah. that. Didn't think about it. Yeah, but- tur- tur- turns out Cassis is out at Lehigh and this lacks that is now the new head coach. Yeah, I was like, all right, you know. So that definitely gets on my nerves sometimes. But you know what? All publicity is good publicity. I mean, just glad he got the comment. Hopefully his son's doing well in lacrosse. Yeah, hopefully one of them. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so let's talk. Okay, so all publicity is good publicity. But, um, all right, so we, we, have some, we have some pretty heavyweight uh, face-off guys. Uh, in the game right now, I'd say we we have we have some of the. Would you say we probably have a pretty elite cadre of, of faceoff guys currently playing D one college cross? I'd say some people might take this offensive, but this is probably oh. one of the top three years of just elite faceoff guys. Okay, okay. So let's let's take this like WWE style. Like, yeah. who would you like to meet on the field and go? Let's say, I mean, what? How many? you know, take 35 face-offs against. Like, who, 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 like, who was, like, your ideal matchup? Like, I want to eat that kid's lunch. Like, um, I want to see what he's got. And, and, and let's say it's where the stage is the biggest. Right. The, yep. the stakes are the highest at Lake Placid in the championship game. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. There's nothing better than that. You remember, Jordy, we played – it was in the semis, but we played a stack team with Drew Simino facing off. For uh, I think Drew Simonell is on the Water Dogs right now. I don't know if he got expansion drafted somewhere else, but shout who, out. who was that? Like Bankers or something? Uh, yeah, with like Mac O'Keefe, Jared Connors. What what team was that? I don't know, but that was a stacked team. Simonell's a beast. Yeah, he's a great guy. Shout out Drew Simonell just for being awesome. Um, but you know what? That's a tough question for me because I'm gonna get like a text message from someone <laughs> saying, "Oh, you want to meet me?" And they're going to send me their location and then want to punch me in the face. But I don't know. I mean, whatever, whatever straw is drawn, I guess, for Lehigh to meet. I don't want to meet anyone. I mean, but if the time comes and I do have to meet someone, I'm sure as hell going to prepare my ass off to meet that person, whoever it is. I'm going to look at film every day and just dive into it. But That's a, that's a diplomatic answer. Okay. Is, I, I is, get- is, is there someone in your career so far that you've had, like, that you could say you've had, like, the most, like, battles with? Yeah. Um, so, high school, 
I'll start off with high school, I guess. That'd be Jordan Ginder. Shout out Jordan Ginder. Great guy, great athlete. Me and him just went at it every single tournament. For some reason, we were at every tournament together. Uh, Jordan Ginder's at Duke right now. He's also wearing 99, so that's awesome. Um, so in high school, that was definitely him, like Under Armour, underclassmen games, like every single tournament somehow. I guess maybe our dads texted each other to just meet up. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But um, college, you know what? I haven't ran into anyone besides league play. Like we play everyone in the league the same. Um, I'd say my biggest battle every day is in practice. Connor Gaffney, stud faceoff guy, stud uh, just mind. Like he's got like a 4.0 cumulative in mechanical engineering. So it's great to have a guy like that at practice. And you know what? Like I, I think I play my biggest game in practice. If that love makes that, sense. love that. Um, also, I, I, I want to real quick touch on something that you just mentioned. Uh, the number ninety nine. Yes. So when uh, so when Lucas Spence, shout out to Springfield Lacrosse. Uh, so when when Lucas graduates and that number becomes available, um, so how how quickly did you pounce on that? And is was there like I, I feel like ninety nine, like especially for like for the face off position, that's like like a real gritty position. 99's got a lot of flair to it. Um, so, so did, did you seek that number out once it was available? So that's actually a great question. Can I tell you why I wear 99? Also, I, 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 I would very much appreciate that. All right. Awesome. So to answer your question, I pounced right on it. So I tried to bribe Lucas Spence, shout outs from field cross, shout out Lucas Spence. I tried to say, Lucas, I'll give you $200 right now at the beginning of my freshman season. I was like, if you want to switch back to your high school number of, no, of number nine and let me just ride 99 out. So he actually agreed to it for like a day. And then I guess his parents printed 99 and all their stuff already. So he didn't do it. So you know what? I see his parents at the game and they have 99 on their shoulder. They always joke around that they're rooting for me too, as well as their kids. And I love the Spences. They're just such great people and they have such talented kids. Um, but how I got number 99, it's actually a funny story. So I don't know if many people know this. I didn't start playing, playing lacrosse until seventh grade. So seventh grade, I was, I was probably like 200 pounds, right? 200 pounds and hell yeah i didn't know what lacrosse was i was i was a football player i was a wrestler and my best friend's dad was our coach he got me into lacrosse so i was huge the biggest kid on the team i, I have pretty wide shoulders and the biggest jerseys were the numbers that were the highest so he's like so we have number 88 and number 99 left uh what do you want these are the only jerseys that'll fit you and i was like you know what like 99 like be the last number and no one's going to be higher than me. So I just picked 99 for that. So that was the, just being the biggest kid and the fattest. So that was the only Jersey that fit. And I stuck with it since seventh grade wore it in high school. And then eventually got to wear it in college. Yeah. Love that story. <laughs> yeah. I, think all, I think all face up guys should wear like some, just like disgusting numbers, like 53. No, <laughs> I think that is like 53, or like 47. Well, that, numbers that nobody wants. What, 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 what did they just give TD when now that he's at Denver? Yeah, they, 56. Yeah, they gave him a freshman number. It's yeah, just, hilarious. Yeah, 99's definitely got some flair. That's why I love it. But, I mean, like I said, I just stuck with it. So I have no real reason. People are always like, oh, you love Paul Rabel. That's why you wore 99. And I'm like, no. Listen, here's the, here's the thing. I don't care. Even, even if you're not a hockey guy, 
99 is not the rable number. It, yeah, like that's the thing. Like if, if you're someone out there that sees the number 99 and you don't immediately think Gretzky, if you think rable, you might like you might love lacrosse a little too much because that <laughs> 99 is Gretzky. What are you talking about, dude? Rabel is the face of lacrosse. <laughs> 99 is Gretzky. I'll, yeah. I'll die on that hill. <laughs> 99 is Gretzky and then Sisselberger and then Rabel. <laughs> oh. Well, Rabel, if you're watching this, I am sorry. I didn't say it. Jordy did. Yeah, just hurting your, hurting your draft stock. Uh, I might even put Lucas up there too just because yeah. I love Lucas. Gritty. Um, yeah. Jake, you got anything? I was about to go off on a little tangent about the Spence family, so I can save that for a little bit. No, you you can go ahead, man. I'd be, I'd, I know this, the, the Springfield connection always always runs deep. I swear to God, Mike, Jordy, we, I went to – we were fortunately able to go to LaxCon. I, I came up to LaxCon. I've been up there to Philly a couple times with Jordy. I swear to fucking God, Jordy knows every single person in the world by some – it's, it's like, you know, oh, it's Springfield. Oh, I know him from there. It's, it's, it's insane. So, yes, please go, go, go on your rant. Philly your lacks, man. Philly lacks. Yeah. Go strong. And, and sis, you're, you're I'll, I'll count you as Philly lacks. You're close right. enough. Um, but what I wanted to add so, James Spence obviously having a great year in net for you guys. Um, you know, he had four great years at Springfield High. And Delco won, won a couple of state championships. Not a big deal. Um, but so, <laughs> so you, you've got a guy like James in net um, and you've got a guy like you who's, you know, win and face you're, you're over 75% right now. I'm pretty sure you're like 77 point something right now. Um, so like, obviously when you have a great goalie, the game's going to come a whole lot easier to you. When you have a guy who's winning a whole bunch of face-offs and you're getting a whole bunch of possessions, game's going to come a lot easier to you. Um, you got Tommy Schelling at attack who's, you know, kind of leading the way there. Um, I, I'd say you guys are, from what it looks like from, from your game, like pretty much more like offense by committee. So like Schelling's having a good year, but it's not like you have anyone that's like putting up like Chris Gray numbers. Um, but like, I, I feel like that is, you guys have the, uh, you know, kind of like the equation to, to be a team that's able to go on a deep run where you have a goalie who can get hot and steal you a couple games. And then you have a face-off guy who kind of gives you a nice little bump and gives you all those extra possessions. Um, so like how confident do you guys feel like with having all that in place, you know, finishing out the rest of this regular season with your Patriot league play. Um, and then, you know, from what it looks like, you know, heading forward towards the tournament. Yeah. So God willing, we make the tournament. I mean, I don't, I don't want to jinx anything, so I don't take any game for granted. Um, like you said, we have all the pieces for it, but I've seen teams in the past have all the pieces, and they didn't accomplish much. But I think our chemistry is there, so that's a big thing. So we have all the pieces. We have the chemistry, and it, it's something that seems like we can make a deep run. I'm not going to say we're going to. I'm not going to say we're not going to. We're, we're just focused on Navy right now. Exactly. I'm just, I'm just glad that we have the pieces and that we have the chemistry, honestly. Mike, um, do you do any shooting practice? Yeah, I do. Um, <laughs> look, at him, look at his face light up. You see how Jordan, his face light up. It's like, it's yeah, not, yeah, I do, actually. <laughs> it's not sanctioned, though, by coach. It's just me in the corner of the, of the practice shooting on a net over our back ball stop. I probably lose five balls of practice because they just go in the street. One time I hit someone's car, car alarm starts going off. I just ran. I just ran that way. I don't know. Mm -hmm. what. Uh, but yeah, I go shooting. I have three goals on the season. That's pretty, I love it. 
I just shoot whenever I can. Um, but yeah, I, I try to shoot as much as I can. I always you, find that hilarious. Yeah. Do you have Do you have the green light? Like, have you had that conversation with Coach where you have the green light? Yeah, that's that's funny you said that. So Coach got interviewed by a, a really good friend of mine, Matt Kinnear of Inside Lacrosse, and he asked the same question to Coach Cassis, and Coach Cassis goes, "Even though I tell him he has the red light, he thinks he has the green light, and eventually it turns into a yellow light. So he he usually always has the green light." even when I tell him not to. So I take it. He trusts me, and I can't thank Coach Cassis enough for that because he knows I'm not going to be really stupid, but I'll be slightly stupid sometimes with the decision. Do you have right. any uh, – we, we, we talked to fellow GMH uh, uh, face-off specialist, Jake Fopp, earlier in the season. Um, asked him about some of his uh, pre-face-off rituals. He says he can't go out there and take a face-off with a dry mouth, so he has to take a sip of water every time he goes out there. Do you have any ritual, like pre-game rituals or pre-face-off rituals that, that you have to go by? Um, so I actually – I don't. So a lot of people do. I mean, I tape my wrists. Other than that, like I showed you, I literally shaved the hair off my wrist. Definitely tape that. But that's just for comfort because my wrists are beat up. But what I do like to do when I'm out there is I pull my left. This is every face off mostly. Pull my left um, compression pant up to what it's about, a woman's short, short length. And uh, I just get down after that. And that kind of like gets me in the, in the zone. Just like, you know what? It's face off time. So just pull it up and then get down there. I don't know. I like to show off the quads, I guess. That's fair. That's yeah. fair. Uh, I'd say it's fair. Jake, what, what size inseams are you working with right now? I'm wearing my fives right now. Five-inch yeah. inseam, Lululemon shorts. I'm just letting them absolutely go right now. I love that. That's all I wear. Because I'm like, a, I'm like compact. I'm probably like five foot eight. I wear five-inch inseams. It makes me look 5'10". I get longer legs out of it. <laughs> he's, got, he's got a point. Yeah, I'm a thick. I'm a thick boy too. I'm two fifteen. So, Same here. Yeah, yeah. Big. It's big boy season. It always. It's always big boy season year round. Dad bods are in. I've seen a lot of polls on Instagram. Women would rather dad bods than chiseled backs. Be honest. I mean, it's it's all facts. Thank you. It's man. all facts. <laughs> I've seen polls. Uh, it's true. Uh well. All right. Well, there we go. Yeah, maybe. Uh, Again, you like like Jake mentioned in the beginning of the episode, Lehigh just unbelievable uniform school. Um, you know, I, I think again, we, we don't want to get too ahead of ourselves. We don't want to talk, you know, too far in the future. But I, I do think maybe, you know, if you guys are able to, God willing, make the tournament, I, I think maybe some crop top jerseys too would be good. Oh man, maybe awesome. like a like a porthole crop top and then oh, yeah. then you then you hike up those compression shorts, you got the ninety nine, you're out there playing air guitar. With the with the gold buckets, oh, that that air guitar has gotten me in some trouble. Uh, I thought it was awesome. A lot of people are like, "Wow, this kid is very cocky." But I'm gonna be honest; it was an inside joke. There's no context to the photo. It's just me playing air guitar. My cousin is literally ten feet away from the photographer. I'm looking right at him. We play Fortnite every night, and one of our dances is an air guitar. So I'm literally doing that to him after a big win. And then a guy snaps a picture of me. I mean, great picture. Thank you very much for whoever took it. But, yeah, a lot of controversial comments on that about me being cocky and the reality. Lack stats. Yeah. The lack stats all over your ass, dude. I'm just a little nerd playing Fortnite, and I'm doing a little emote, I guess. Like, whatever. 
but yeah, um, the jerseys are awesome. My favorite thing I've seen was, I think it was Towson with like the higher up uh, mesh jerseys they had. Those were dope. So that'd be cool if maybe later on we get a little stimulus check from an alumni and we could buy those. Well, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll send this episode over to, uh, to, to the good people over at Warrior New Balance. So yeah. they'll, yeah. you know, get, they'll, they'll get on it. I, f- I feel like they got to do something, though, to keep up with what Towson's doing. I, I guess Towson, maybe they're an Under Armour school. But, yeah, Towson's always coming in pretty, pretty fresh in the uniform department. Um, but, yeah, I, I, would, I would agree with Jake. You guys are, are right up there. And it's not easy doing that with, like I, like, I don't think that the colors, like, right off the bat. If someone told me, like, the color scheme that Lehigh's working with, I, like, right off the bat, I'd be like, I don't really know about that. But you guys, you guys make it work. Yeah. Thank you very much. Um, I mean, we try. Gold is also a great color, just in anything. And brown kind of accents gold pretty well. So the chrome gold helmets look sweet and brown. I mean, we're Under Armour jerseys now. We just switched. Oh, shoes. okay. Well, then, yeah. So, yeah, scratch that. Know. I'll, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll cut that. And uh, Warrior New Balance. Well, they supply the helmets. So. Yeah, supply the helmets, the glove, everything uh, but the jerseys and the shooting shirts and stuff. But, so right. Well, we will get on that. And, uh, you know, so you guys might not see Sis taking any face-offs in a crop top just yet this weekend against Navy. Uh, but the Mountain Hawks will be back in action. The Missile Burger, currently leading the nation in face-off percentage. Um, listen, man, we're, we're pumped for you. We're pumped for the Mountain Hawks finally, you know, kind of getting to that level that you guys deserve to be at. So keep it going this season. We'll be watching out for you. And, uh, yeah, let's, uh, you know, one game at a time. But let's, let's get to the point where we can see those crop tops. You know it. Let's go. Go Hawks. Right. Go GMH. GMH, still champs. Don't forget it. Later. All right. Thanks again to Sis for hopping on with us. Again, you can uh, catch Lehigh playing against Navy. That will be Saturday. I believe that that is a 4 p.m. game. Um, So I'm I'm not entirely sure about where to watch that. But Lehigh has Navy this weekend. Uh, But to get things started, I I think later tonight, 5 p.m., UMass versus Hofstra, Jake. Now, this is a matchup. Obviously, you know, not exactly two teams that we're going to be expecting to see on Memorial Day weekend, but still a very uh, much anticipated rematch game from, uh, you know, just just a couple weeks ago. So UMass was able to hand Hofstra a nice little 16 to 10 defeat. Um, Obviously, Ryan Tierney has been one of the hottest lacrosse players in the nation so far this year, but UMass was able to keep him in check in that one. Uh, So, you know, Little, little little revenge factor here for the pride. So uh, I, I believe that this game is at UMass. So can you see the Hofstra pride going up to Zumass and uh, getting themselves a nice little revenge win on the road? I'd love to see that. I, I, I'd, I'd love to see Tierney. I mean, 42 points. That guy's, that guy's an absolute monster right now. Uh, yeah, you, you know, what, what happens is you kind of see, uh, you know, you kind of, you kind of, mm, how, do I, how do I put that? I mean, you, you play somebody once and then you come back around again and you kind of know where you, where your strengths and, and your, um, your downfalls were. And I, I totally think that, you know, it's, it's tough to, it's tough to lose to a team twice in a row like that. So I think Hofstra comes out, comes out strong, gets the doubt at Zoom ass. What do you think? 
Yeah, I think uh, so. I mean, just just looking back on it now. Uh, so tier, he had ten shots in that game, right? So you know, two goals on ten shots. Um, you know, I I know the guys aren't going to be out there shooting. 50 60 percent all the time but you have to imagine that a guy like ryan tierney is typically going to do a little bit better than two and ten um so you know i I think if he gets you know a a few more of those to drop um you know i i think that definitely little little revenge on the mind there i think that this is going to be a nice little battle you know i does does tierney playing at his you know 100 percent strength is that really give them a six goal swing maybe maybe not so i i think that this depends this on one, the game honestly depends <laughs> on the yeah exactly i mean he, he could i mean usually he's good for like seven points automatic so um yeah i, I think that this this will be a nice little surprise friday happy hour matchup where it goes down to the wire um and then we'll see some big time players on on either side uh you know come up with some big time plays uh you know i'm i'm a, I'm a big jeff trainer guy on umass i you know I, I don't watch a ton of umass games but some of the clips that i see jeff trainer seems like a guy that i'd be a big fan of so um yeah umass hofstra friday night at five I think we're both both on the pride train though for that one. Would love to Definitely. see would we'll, we'll love to see a, a nice little revenge factor to get the weekend started. Uh Saturday, massive slate of games, a lot of conference play here. Obviously, you know, with the schedule with COVID, but obviously the, you know, this would be the point of the season where we get to conference play anyway. Uh now do we want to start ACC? Do we want to start Big 10? I, I think Let's go let's get the disappointing stuff out of the way. Let's go Big 10. Yeah, so Big Ten. Obviously, these are going to be some uh, some big matchups just because of the programs that are involved here. But I think we know how they're all going to shape out. Uh, so we've got Rutgers. They'll be traveling to Penn State. Uh, that game will be on the Big Ten Network at 12 p.m. at noon. We've got Hopkins, Ohio State, and we've got uh, Maryland at Michigan. So there are three Big Ten games. Jake, I, I feel like you can probably tell us right away the, the winners of all of those. I mean, obviously you're gonna you're, you're gonna you're gonna say Rutgers over Penn State. Correct. Correct. And then you're probably gonna say Ohio State over Hopkins, unfortunately. Correct. And then you're gonna say and then you're gonna say Maryland over Michigan. I mean, Correct. well, the, the Maryland one we know because Maryland is far and away probably Top three to top. I mean, Duke, UNC. Mar- it's, I mean, it's Duke, UNC, Maryland right now. Maybe Virginia in in your top four, right? They they really can that are that are championship contenders right now. So, I mean, the Maryland one's a gimme. The Ohio State one. I don't know. Hopkins could play them close. I mean, that's a, that's a toss up, uh, to be honest. Um, but I, 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 I would, I would agree that out of those three games that that's, that's the one that's where the toss it's, up, it's yeah. more, more of a toss up than anything. But Rutgers is, I mean, uh, Gerald Beatty's is playing better literally every week. Um, and, and maybe it's because he's been in college so long and he's just seen literally every shot that needs to be shot. But the guy's just such a baller the way he moves. Um, you know, I, I think Rutgers wins that one pretty handedly. Um, over Penn State, unfortunately, uh, and then maybe maybe we get a fire Tambroni movement going on Twitter, like we like we whisper we whisper it to, like 
the next person and then they whisper it to the next person and then nobody knows like the the uh it originated with us and then we're, we're scot-free something like that yeah well it, it wasn't us we're we're absolutely not the ones who started the fire tambroni movement oh no no that was that was all hypothetical like if if we were the ones to start it and, and it but it was we did it that, yeah that would never that would never be us we aren't instigators or aggravators or anything like that could not possibly be us but yeah i mean so yeah good schedule good lacrosse like we're, we're gonna see like regardless oh, yeah. uh regardless of the fact that we know the outcomes pretty much for all those games um it's still gonna be good lacrosse and you know it's gonna be it's going to be a, a beautiful Saturday. You know, uh, a lot of these games are going to be over with before uh, Masters coverage starts. So, you know, you can get yourself up early. You can watch a lot of these games and then you can turn on the Masters, eat a pimento cheese sandwich. Um, but yeah, so Big Ten, big schedule. Um, may, maybe not quite as uh, enthralling, though, as the ACC matchups this weekend. So we've got. Uh, Duke, they will be taking on Notre Dame. Notre Dame fresh off of their beatdown in the Dome against Syracuse. Duke obviously coming off of that uh, overtime win over UNC. So this will be the game on ESPNU. Uh, very excited about this one. Um, we, we talked about this pretty much. We, we kind of already got into this one a little bit as we were talking about Notre Dame earlier in the episode and just – kind of where they stack up was that win against Syracuse more of a statement about Notre Dame being awesome or was it more about Syracuse being kind of a little on the underachiever and um, so this will be you know this will be a obviously the test to, to figure that out um, personally I'm, I'm leaning a little bit more towards Duke just having too much firepower for you know Pat Cavanaugh to keep up with I think uh you know, I, I think you put a guy like JT Giles Harris on Pat, Pat Cavanaugh plays a real gritty game, real tough kid. The whole Cavanaugh family, I think, just eats nails for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Um, you know, yeah. maybe they'll put a little bit of motor oil on it. Um, so, you know, gritty family. They play, they play the game real tough. Um, but I think a guy like JT Giles Harris, you put him on Cavanaugh, and that it cancels out that toughness a little bit because you're putting iron on iron. Well, on the other hand, they do say that iron sharpens iron. So Cav could have a day with JT Giles Harris. But you're right. I mean, the Duke defense is really, really strong. Mike Adler is really playing at the top of his game right now. Um, Notre Dame, I think we've talked about this. They're, they're kind of like a run-and-gun type offense. They play a lot like um, – they're like the Albany of the ACC, I think I've called them. The Albany of the ACC in which – you know, they capitalize off of mistakes. They run hard. If you make, you know, one mistake on a clear, you know, they'll get you in transition. You know, they're really, they're a good team in that sense. And they've also got a great face-off guy, Kyle Gallagher. So Kyle Gallagher is going to keep them in the game. Um, he and Jake Nace are going to go at it. Um, honestly, I feel, I feel like that game could be a toss-up. I really do. I feel, I feel like that game could be a toss-up. I would not be surprised if Notre Dame either plays them close or comes out with a close win. Oh yeah, I, I would definitely see this as as a close one as well. I just think, yeah, I, I just think that the the matchup defensively with Giles Harris on Kavanaugh is 
it kind of shuts that down a little bit more than anything that Syracuse was going to be able to throw his way. Um, and then, you know, just the attack being so lethal at Duke, um, Nakai Montgomery, you know, coming out being, you know, not only a guy who can create for himself, but can also create for others. So Nakai has been having an unreal year down in Durham. So I, I just think that there's, there's a little too much firepower for Duke along with a, a little bit of a, again, th- like this will be the best, poll that Pat Cavanaugh has to go up against. So like, again, a, a big test for Notre Dame. So if Pat Cavanaugh can pass the JT Giles Harris test, well, then he's just going to make a mockery out of the rest of the ACC, the rest of the way. Um, so, but I, I, I'm leaning a little bit more towards Duke in a close game. Um, but I, I agree with you that this, this is one that we won't know until, you know, the, those last couple minutes. Yeah. So, We'll see. Uh, yeah, the other ACC matchup uh, later in the day, 2 p.m., we've got Virginia versus North Carolina. Um, I feel like both of us are on kind of the same, still don't really know exactly what Virginia is this year. Um, obviously yeah, a I good know. team, but are they an elite, like definitely can peg them in for Memorial Day weekend team? I think that's exactly where we're at, where we're at. We are, we're kind of, and we're kind of like, uh, was the Syracuse game, you know, what, what was, uh, what, what was all that about? Um, also, you know, we got to see Connor Schellenberger. I mean, Virginia has just as many weapons as UNC and Duke. Like there, there's no question about it. It's, um, you know, what, which UVA is going to show up. So. Uh, yeah. if they show up hot, we could have another barn burner on our hands, another OT. Um, so, yeah, and, and and this is this is a matchup that we've seen already this season. It was one of those uh, Thursday night ACC matchups uh, with UNC getting the sixteen to thirteen win over Virginia. So we've got a bit of a yeah. rematch coming up here uh, in that game. Colin Krieg, big time difference maker, twenty saves. Um, you have to imagine, though, with what he's shown us so far this season, that it's not like he just had like a fluke game. Like that's just right. what what we can expect out of the kid uh, so far this season. Um, what's crazy is that like Virginia was winning all of the faceoffs in that game, um, so they were getting you know they were getting the ball plenty. Uh, but again, that that just that lineup of Chris Gray, Nikki Solomon, and Tanner Cook are just you know just those guys are killers and you know they they make the most out of their opportunities um you know it was a game where you know docs aiken checked in with one assist um you know i and i I thought virginia this past week this game against richmond that they had like i I thought that that was one of those ones where you know richmond pops up on your schedule kind of in the middle of playing all these acc teams um you know and and maybe that's one that you kind of take lightly virginia came out and they pumped them 18 to 10 so like that was a good sign for virginia on a whole um but docs aiken you know we've got you know checked in with four points with like two massive goals against notre dame um earlier in the season and then comes out with just an assist against richmond so it's like like I, I thought that that game against Notre Dame was like, oh shit! Like the rest of the country is in for a world of hurt because Docs is back. Then he kind of went a little silent again against Richmond. So you know who? I, I guess, I guess a lot of this it, it obviously doesn't come down to just one player, but I think 
you need Doc's Aiken to have a big game in this one for Virginia to get the revenge. Agreed. I think that I think Doc's. I mean, Doc's certainly showed up as of late, um, and I think that everybody's this whole thing about how oh he went and was catching footballs. He doesn't know how to play lacrosse anymore. Everyone can shut up. This dude is one of the most complete players there is. Um, he's a terror for midfielders. It's, you know, even if he's not showing up on the scoreboard, he's definitely showing up and distributing the ball and creating opportunities. I think UVA is a serious team. I think this is another game where if they want to be taken seriously, you know, in like a championship sense, you know, take kind of some some of the limelight off of Duke and UNC, they got to get this. This isn't a very important game for them. So that's where I'm at with it. And again, like the people who say like, oh, Doc's forgot how to play lacrosse. Like, yeah, you guys are idiots. Um, yeah, but but again, though, like at some point, like you need your top dogs to to really show up and, and and steal you some games. And you know he's he hasn't had many of those games. I, I thought again, like I thought that that Notre Dame one was a a sure sign that he's back to exactly who we thought he was. Um, and again, like who who knows what was going on with Richmond? Like maybe that was just a game where. You know, he kind of knew, hey, listen, like, we're, we're going to win this one, so you can kind of just lay low for a little bit and save yourself for this Carolina matchup. Um, I will say the, the one thing that Virginia really has going against them is that uh, UNC is still going to have that, that taste of overtime defeat in their mouth from that Duke game. So, um, you know, they, they're going to be playing against a, a hungry Tar Heels team uh, that's filled with a bunch of weapons who can – pump back of the net so that'll also be a great game where i literally i'm i'm not even gonna pretend to pick a, a team to win that one because that's no. it it is literally a coin flip so uh yeah yeah so i mean both of those games are, are going to be great um you know big 10 we know what's going to happen but uh trying to think anything else. i mean lehigh navy um you know that that'll be a That'll be a big one for Lehigh to to see if they can keep this thing rolling. I, I think Navy hasn't exactly had, um, you know, it, it's not like they're a team that people are necessarily going to be too worried about. Uh, you know, they just coming off of, of a loss to Loyola, but, you know, one of those games where if Lehigh is truly a top 10 team in the nation, this is one where they come out and they handle their business. So I think that that's, that's the real test for Lehigh this weekend is can they handle their business and can they, you know, it's not going to be an easy game, but can they kind of put this one away and be like, yeah, like we are above Navy right now. I mean, they, they come out and smoke Navy. They're, they're way above Navy. I, yeah. I think sis, I think sis is playing at the top of this game. I think Lehigh has some ballers. Um, you know, uh, the Patriot League is the Patriot League for 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 them, but I mean, I think Lehigh can compete. I do. Yeah. So um, we'll see. I'm right there with you. Uh, but yeah, so loaded Saturday lineup of lacrosse. Uh, big weekend ahead of us. Great time to be a lacrosse fan. Uh, and you know, listen, we're 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 gonna we're gonna get this one out here early though because uh, Jake's got a. Uh, probably got 200 more miles to log here so uh listen everyone go to twitter and tell jake congratulations let him know how proud you are of of how hard he's he's been riding this bike and uh you know how how much how much quad he's been showing on the timeline as well so 
uh, yeah, Jake, go, so go get quad. a lot of quad. So go cool. get some much needed rest. Everyone else, we'll be keeping it low to high to the day we die. <laughs>